What's good, party people? It's your main man, MMA Bob Milk. I hope everybody's staying safe, staying strong, staying positive. Out here, we got upon us UFC Fight Night 220, all right, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 70. Essentially, the lightweight tournament slash contender series reunion. <laughs> Man, they on a timeline. Hot? God, man. I don't know. I just, I don't understand MMA fans, man. I just, I don't understand MMA fans. Because it's like, what do y'all want, man? One minute's like, okay, no contender series because they don't get paid a whole lot of money. Okay. And then it's like, oh, I just want to see the big time fighters. But they also don't get paid a lot of money. Like, okay, well, look, what, what do you, look, right now they're here. They're here. Okay, what are you going to tell them not to? It's just sending the wrong message to the fighters. Like, hey, listen, I'm going to get into the fight picks in a second, okay? Oh, what am I? Because I see some new folks uh, from Sp on Spotify. How y'all doing? How are y'all? What am I? I am an old-timer who's been watching UFC is celebrating its 30 years in the business. I've been watching it for 30 years. I watch multiple promotions. Try to watch all of them, really. Uh, you know, my, my darling, really, my favorite right now, aside from Invicta, is One Championship. I mean, ever since One Championship came on, I, I've been addicted to it. Okay. Speaking of which, whew, John Lineker. Oh, man. Congratulations to Andrade. What a uh, beatdown. You know, yet again, I talk about that on recap. So, listener questions. If you have a listener question, it will be, if it pertains to an upcoming car, like UFC Vegas 70, it will be featured on UFC Vegas 70. If you listen to the podcast in the past, even as, you know, past two weeks, you know, I, I, you know a lot of people, they ask these fantastic questions, and I include them with my suspect picks because they are in and of themselves picks, fight picks. So I include them. Uh, you can ask questions anytime, anytime. The audio questions can be sent through the link on Anchor. I'm trying to find a way to where it's easier for people instead of having to go through that. You can DM me on Instagram and you just hit the microphone icon, hold it, talk into it, and ask me a quick question. You know, hit me up in the messages, hit me up in the comments, and be like, hey, man, follow and follow back so we can get these DMs going. It's never a problem. Same with Twitter. You can always DM me a question. I've had many people send DMs in with a question because if I if it doesn't necessarily pertain to the upcoming fight card, it will always be included in recaps, my recaps uh, show. All right. And I'll discuss more about those incredible one championship fight cards on a recap um, show. They usually I try to do those early in the week. Yeah, this week I was a little late. But I usually try to do those early in the week. So, but either way, send in questions anytime, especially for something that's off in the future that I will have time for before. Hey, yeah, ask them, ask away. But yeah, you know, so I've been watching MMA for a long period of time. I am not an MMA fighter or promoter. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I don't know. I don't know. Because some, some fighters, you know, never forget that fighter that yelled at me on Instagram, like, you know, sign me up. I'm like, hey, ho, 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 ho. Now, if, if I was going to start a promotion, okay, look, because he was a jujitsu fighter. I love jujitsu. I love it. But you can't be only a jujitsu fighter. I'm not, per I wouldn't sign y'all if all you're doing is jujitsu. 
I don't care if you grow on Ryan. Like, no, I tell him, like, listen, you need, I need you to get your striking together. Because he can do everything else. You know, he 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 got bow nickel and the arm bar. Like, he can survive wrestlers. You know, even Dagestani wrestlers, he's that good. But, nah, I can't be, that's a waste of my time you end up getting knocked out. A high-level jiu-jitsu practitioner, nah, nah, I can't be, I can't be doing it. Look at Mackenzie Dern, you can't be going in there jiu-jitsu, you know I mean, getting pieced up. No, 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 no. We can't. We can't. I can't. I can't. Y'all know how I feel about. Well, if you don't know, if you're new, I love jujitsu as a defense. When I love it, it's so fantastic when you complement it with, uh, with any other art. Well, primarily wrestling and um, striking. Now, judo, eh, it's okay. It's okay. We see how Kayla Harrison was struggling. You know what I mean? Like, you need a little bit more because you're going there against someone who's probably a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And this thing, you know, your submission skills aren't on par. And, yeah, you got the takedown. But as a jiu-jitsu fighter, if you go up against one who likes working off of their back, like, say, Damon Maia used to, like, he always wanted him and Fabricio Verdum always wanted to work off of their back. So you you take them down. They don't care. They're like, thank you. Oh, good. Oh, good. I caught you on my guard. Oh, I'm going to work. I'm going to work. You can't, I'm not going to let you back up again, wrestle. You know, wrestler, you know, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, speaking of which, let's get into today's picks. But, yeah, that's what I am. You know, I've been watching this for a long time. I, it's not necessarily about the picks. It's really about doing the breakdowns. You know, it's sus- I call it suspect picks because they are suspect. I'm not, you know, nobody's 100% with their fight picks. My, why I pride myself is being able to, because I've seen a lot of these fighters. I'm old enough to have seen a lot of these fighters from the very beginning. So, I, I try to observe how they've improved. Is there room for improvement? What kind of things that I've seen as far as issues go? I know what you're thinking, man. All these fighters, you know, what happened was it's just after a while, I would see them over and over again. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I know you. Yeah, you, you're the one with the bad striking. Or you're the one with the bad jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? That's something you can't forget. Like, you know, I can't forget a Gilbert Burns. You know, Boris has made an impact in MMA. How can you forget that? Like a lot of y'all out there, y'all know a bunch of fighters. Y'all probably know a hundred fighters off, off top. Of, you know, I could probably list a hundred fighters and you know who I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's not really that hard. You know, like a lot of young, you know, the problem is like you got promotions like Bellator that don't keep young talent. So you can't see their progression and all kinds of life things happen to them. So it's no way for them. You know, you so many potential great fighters out there that, you know, we won't be able to witness their greatness because of all this. Because it's just not it's a business. It's not a sport. That's what I always say. People get mad at that. But right now, that's what it is. Anyway, let's get into suspect picks. We got leading this card. It's not even called UFC Vegas. Uh, a contender series is <laughs> also called UFC Fight Night. Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Superman Span out of LFA WFC. He is Ryan Span is a former LFA light heavyweight champion. He is a former FC middleweight champion. Another thing I do is I encourage people to watch these other promotions that are on Fight Pass. So you you know you get an idea who it is, who the hell it is I'm talking about. Big man Ryan Span at I mean he's light heavyweights, and that's why I say when people t- bring up the light heavyweights from before, like Chuck Liddell. I tell him all the time, like, he wouldn't survive. These guys, this is ridiculous how UFC, like, like uh, Chatry, he stopped talking about a crossover with the UFC, thankfully. But it's just like, dude, like, they're, 
they're undersized. Like, they're not the same size as the UFC fighters in the same weight class. Because a lot of those weight classes are broken down differently than they are in the UFC. Nah. Like, he just, Chatry just doesn't understand. He's talking about martial arts this and martial arts that. Like, nah, bro. Like, that's not enough when you're dealing with someone who's six foot five with an 81 inch reach. 81 and a half. I think his reach is longer than John Jones. That's how John Jones. You know, it was a lot of things that made John Jones successful. One of them was having the longest reach in the damn promotion. That's that end now that he moved up to heavyweight. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got all these really heavyweights cutting down the light heavyweight. <laughs> Chuck Liddell would get killed by these guys. He's just too, you know what I mean? Like, And it shouldn't be like that. It should. Everyone should be around Chuck Liddell's height and size. But six foot five, come on now. But anyway. Five finishes via strikes for Mr. Uh, Spant. No, I think it's six finishes via strike now because he had put Dominic Reyes to stand there in a coma. Good grief. He's still 3-2 and two in his last five, 6-2 in the UFC. He is alumni. Dana White Contender Series 10 alumni. At one point in time in 2012, in March 2022, he was uh, ranked at 13, moved up. In May that year to number 12, Johnny Walker had been moved down to 13. Mr. Span, Superman, currently resides at number eight. He is a plus 138 underdog. If you do have a gambling problem, please seek help over at 1-800-GAMBLER. And I always encourage people to seek out counselors that you can talk to, hopefully face-to-face or via Zoom. Very important, okay? Nikita Krylov, former FNG light heavyweight champ, ranked at number six. As of January this year, 12 finishes via strikes, 15 by submission. Yikes, two wins by decision, two fight, one streak, three and two in his last five, four and four in the UFC, a minus 175 favorite here. And, I mean, Ryan Spann has a ground game. Make no mistake, he does have a ground game. But can he work off of his back? One of the issues that, because a lot of people, you know, a lot of jiu-jitsu fighters don't necessarily like working off of their back. They don't, you know what I mean? So it, it, and I think that's the thing you're dealing with MMA where you're getting punched the whole entire time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, I, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Cause I don't know about Ryan working off of his back versus Nikita on the flip side of that. I can see Nikita getting caught. You know, I could see, man, I could see him. Listen, listen, I could see him getting put in a coma. You hear me? I'm going to lean with the favorite in this matchup here to kind of win it out via decision. But I expect Nikita to find some footwork from somewhere and avoid, you know, and get his shoot, you know, being technical. Because a lot of people think you just shoot for a takedown. No, you need to angle it out. There's a lot of things that go into it, like angling out, uh, coming in shooting at the right time. You need distance management. And a lot of, uh, like, Valentina, I tell people all the time, like, Valentina to me is incredible because she has excellent, like, her her distance management is so good that, to me, it rivals a lot of men. And that, to me, is really, it's not, it's, you know, like, it's her striking. Because a lot of strikers don't necessarily have distance management. To me, uh, Izzy has distance management, but again, like with the Pieta, he's going in there against someone the same height who's really bigger than he is, who's faster. He's a light heavyweight who's fast as hell. You know what I mean? Like his hand movement, like Pieta's hand movement. That's why I keep like people talk about shoot for takedowns and stuff like that on Pieta. I'm like, 
good luck with that. Because nine times out of ten, you know, whoever it is, they're going to be asleep before they can do that. You're going towards someone who hits like a heavyweight. Like, uh, good luck with that one. But anyway, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, shooting in against someone who does have jujitsu skills. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm tentatively going with uh, Krylov in this matchup here. Now, we got at ours, our Coleman, which should be an exciting fight. Andre Munez out of X-Fight MMA, WOCS, and 2018 Contender Series alumni. He at nine fight win streak, which includes breaking the arm of Ronaldo Souza at UFC 262. Last fight, and that was Ronaldo's uh, Jacare. That was his last fight in the UFC. Four finishes via strikes, 15 by submission, four wins by decision. He is obviously the minus 230 favorite. Now, Brendan Allen, man, Brendan Allen, damn, man. I Boy, if you listen to my earlier podcast, they probably suck. One, they probably suck. But, <laughs> hey, man, I got to be honest with myself. Uh, Yeah, Brendan, I was high on Brendan Allen. He is just one of the most well-rounded fighters that I've ever seen. But the problem with well-rounded, when you combine well-rounded and talent, is that, eh, you know, it tend to get sloppy. It tend to get, we see it. You look, look at the sports. You see it in sports. You see it in NBA, NFL, especially in NBA. To me, like talented, fighter, talented athletes, you can see it more in the uh, NBA. And you can also see when they screw up more. You know, you can see when they're just asleep at the will. It's like, what is going on here? You know, I'm not going to mention a certain athlete's name, but, you know, it's a certain basketball player that everyone's kind of tired of at this point. Like, look, please go away. Uh, you know, I'm not going to mention his name. I think he's getting traded this year, and a lot of people are happy about it. Well, the, the uh, city he's getting traded to, they're not happy. But a lot of folks are happy, that, you know, in that L.A. area. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But, you know, you can see the talent. You can see, I mean, a lot of times, you know, probably with the leagues, the actual sports leagues, as you can see, the um, you can see where they uh, deteriorate, where their health deteriorates. You know, so that's the bad part about that, or, or their skills deteriorate and diminish. But um, yeah, and Brendan Allen is, I believe, he's Dan White Contender Series alumni twenty, former LFA middleweight champ, four and one in his last five, eight and two in the UFC, five finishes via strikes, eleven by submission. Four wins by decision. I believe he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at this point. Plus 180 underdog. Oh, man, I hate to do it. I hate to do it. But I'm going with the favorite man. I'm going with the favorite. Because as Brandon, it's, it's like, you know, when you, you got that many skills. I know so with a lot of fighters, when they have a multiple multitude of skill sets, like you just got to dial it up in the moment. You know, and it's like they just want to lead with one thing. And I know a lot of times the coaches don't help. Man, ah, man, what what was I watching? What fight was that? Was it Montana Delarue? It was one of man. It was a fight I was watching, and the corners completely horrible advice. And I hate all. Oh, I hate when corners like, yeah, you win in this fight. You win in this fight. Like, no, man, no, they not. <laughs> no, they not. Like, Sarah, no, no, no. You know, and, and how can they finish the fight? Yeah, we just want to go in there and we just want to jab and we just want to continue what we're doing. Like, no, no, no. How can you finish the fight? Finish this. 
You know, I feel I sound like oh man. Any uh any uh uh, uh Mortal Kombat fans out there? Finish, finish him. Yeah, man, you gotta be Mortal Kombat out here, man. How can you finish the goddamn fight? Now, I don't know what's going on with Sean Shelby. This dude is asleep at the wheel. I don't know. I'm like, these matchups, man, like the order. Why does he have another heavyweight fight on the main card? It drives me crazy, man. Drives me crazy. I'm so tired of, and I think Dana's behind this. Like, he's so obsessed with big dudes. He reminds me of Vince McMahon. Vince used to irritate me with that. Like, oh, this is small. That guy's too small. Like, uh, not Jeff Jarrett. It was um, Jericho. Uh, he's too small. You know, we can't have him. And it's like, just shut up. Just let him do his thing. And he did his thing, and it was entertaining. He was very extremely entertaining. So I don't know. CM Punk. CM Punk is not a big dude. Now, if we saw him out on the street, he's, you know, I think he's like 6'2", something like that. He's not a small guy. Most of his professional wrestlers aren't extremely small. But, you know, you know, Vince is in, you know, he had Andre Giant, Hawk Hogan was like 6'3", you know what I mean? Something like, you know, 200, 300 pounds. Dwayne Johnson's like 6'3", uh, I think he went up to 300 at one point in time. Like, you know, like when he did the movie. But he walked around and he was wrestling at 275 for the most part. Triple H, 280. Like, he's used to 6'3", 280. Like, he's used to big dudes like that. But I'm like, you got to get a small dude's, you know what I mean, a chance. Like, Dana was like, that. he didn't want the flyweight division. Because of size? It's like, or, or, yeah, I think he thought he wasn't going to see a whole lot of finishes. And it's just like, so, oh, man, I'm so happy for it, boy. That's why I love Demetrius Johnson, man. And even, even Henry Cejudo. Man, and I'm not a big fan of Henry Cejudo. But man, when he knocked out uh, one, I was just great, glad he somebody sparked Cruz. But uh, and of course, you know, Cruz said it was you know early stoppage. But you know, <laughs> cigarettes and alcohol. Keith Peterson. I want to see him today because we saw uh, 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 <laughs> damn it, we saw uh, Herb Lean. Herb Lean over at one championship. So I wonder if he's going to catch a plan and go over to uh, UFC. If we want to see cigarettes and alcohol. Keith Peterson, baby. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on with um, Sean Shelby. But, you know, and like I said, Dana White with this heavyweight obsession with heavyweight fighters. It had Dante Mays. How does he still have a job, man? Also out of LFA. Also Dana White contender series. He was on there three damn times. Uh his second official fight, I think, I believe, was against the real gun. He's only 30 years old, looks 40. I mean, I just don't understand why he still has a job. I, I don't. This reminds me of last week. Well, why, who are these, why are they on here? And why are they on the main car? I just don't, man. Because they keep thinking, oh, it's going to be a knockout and people are going to get excited. Like, no, I wouldn't take those chances. You got lightweight. You got lightweight. We want to get exciting fight, fights out of lightweight. We got good flight. Women have coming through, have come through uh, um, in the flyweight division. A lot of people, you know, we had trashed, even myself, trashed the women's flyweight division for a long period of time. We are getting good fights out of the women's flyweight division. You know, we always get them from out of the women's strawweight division. But, you know, women's flyweight is holding it down because women's batting weight is terrible at this point. But men's heavyweight is, is, is abysmal. I don't understand it. But anyway, he has fired Dante Mays. Five finishes via strikes, one by submission, three ones by decision, two fight. Win streak broken up after loss to uh, Hamdi. 
he had fell to nine and five overall. I can't remember what it is. I, I'm not even going to bother with it. I know. I got to be more professional, man. But I just, I can't stand it. You know, I hate to trash Dante Mays because it's not his fault. If you want to see actual cans, you know, they say, you know, can crusher like Kayla Harrison and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Kayla Harrison has crushed some cans. But I don't, really, I don't like throwing that word around, you know, because who are us? We are a bunch of cans and tomatoes. Like, who are us to criticize these fighters in terms of skill level? When we're, most of us talking on time, I have no, you know, if we had skills, they have sorely diminished. Okay. And like I said, I'm old. I don't put myself on a pedestal. You know, I'm going to stand my ground against anybody, but, you know, I ain't going to voluntarily just do stuff. But Dante Mays, oh, he has crushed some cans. And you, iron sharp, I believe that iron, iron sharpens iron. You know, that's a biblical, that's a quote from the Bible. And um, I believe in that, though. I mean, I believe in everything else, but I definitely believe that iron sharpens iron. I think, to me, that's why Valentina is so good. That's why certain fighters are so good. Like, Izzy... No matter what, he was in there with that mon like Alex Pieta is a monster. He was in there with them. Like, even though he lost, he was still in there with one of the best strikers going. There's nobody in the UFC that can stand up to Alex Pieta. Striking, yeah, you better shoot for a takedown. Ain't nobody standing bang. Nobody. You heard me. Nobody. Okay, I don't get Jamal Hill, Ryan Smith. They would get destroyed by that by uh Pieta. You can kiss my ass on that one. But, you know, my thing is Izzy was in there with that monster. You know, even though Valentina lost to Amanda Nunes, she was in there with one of the best, if not the best. Feet. Well, I, people debate on which one of them are the best. You know what I mean? She was in there with her. If you ain't been in there with no Amanda Nunes, I ain't trying to hear nothing. I ain't trying to hear nothing. Oh, she's the best right now. You kiss my ass. Amanda Nunes is the best. Period. Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, Valentina, whoever got a belt is the best right now. You can kiss my ass by some kid that's 23 years old. You can kiss my ass on that one. But anyway. All that said, you know, we got all these other divisions that are holding down UFC. We don't have to keep leaning on the heavyweight division. Man, goodness. Like Chris, like Curtis, uh, Chris Curtis, his complaints are valid. Like I was sitting up scratching my head to sound like who, who, what is this Mick and Maynard and, and Sean Shelby? They on, they drinking Hennessy when they make these matchups and when they make the fight order. Cause some of these matches are pretty good. The next match that we have, uh, Augusto Sakai, he's a minus 31. 32 favorite the four fight losing streak though you know 15 and 5 overall hopefully they're fighting for their jobs hopefully they get cut no matter who wins i am hesitantly going uh going with augusto sakaya but i you know Mays might actually do a knockout who knows nobody cares anyway i gotta be more professional i do tatiana suarez this is the fight we want to know about right Tatiana Suarez is back, people. We saw a weigh-in and a face-off, baby. Yes, indeed. I, yeah, we a little worried. We a little worried because, you know, Montana ain't small. You know, she ain't small girl. You know what I mean? And this, Tatiana didn't really had to deal with a size different before. Usually, she's the bigger in the division over at Strawweight. Uh, and she's saying that she wants to move back to Strawweight. So I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because I'm like, no, no, no. You want to stay at Flyweight. Build up the muscle. Because he says he had built up muscle over when uh, during the COVID lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And keep the muscle. We keep the muscle and, and we use that and wrestle. We, we, don't, we don't go cut down the straw weight and, and end up famished and, and tired. 
and gassing in the third round like she did versus Nina Ansaroff and getting pieced up. Because there are a lot, you know, that, that division done changed. I would sit her down like, listen, listen, everything's changed. We want we want to not worry about Valentina Shevchenko, and we're going to worry about Manon. We're going to worry about Talia Santos. We're going to worry about your opponent that you have right now. Okay, I believe Flyweight is the better division for Sant- for Suarez because there's some bad, there's some tough matchups for her. Like at Jim, for my I don't care who she loses to, she's a tough matchup was for a grappler, unlike Suarez. However, Flyweight Suarez should. She should, um, you know, go straight up that division with no problem. She should not have a, a issue trying to, you know, moving up the division in women's flyweight. She doesn't have to really fight Andrade anymore. She don't have to waste her time with. I mean, she could beat up Lauren Murphy for, you know, giggles. Beat up, you know, Lauren, uh, um, Caitlin Chukagan, which I, <laughs> that's what I want to happen. Like, like Amanda Habas. A lot of people don't have a high regard for Amanda Habas. She is a dangerous opponent, especially for a wrestler. We saw what happened versus Mackenzie Dern. If you got jiu-jitsu, forget about it. You're not really doing nothing against Amanda Habaz. Even at flyweight. No one is better a jiu-jitsu practitioner than Mackenzie Dern. We saw what happened with her. Now, Mackenzie doesn't have this power like a, a, like a Jennifer Maya, you know, or Italia Santos. But Habaz is, she's been doing jiu-jitsu just as long as Mackenzie Dern. You know what I mean? Like, she would be a problem because she's ranked at number 15. So she would be a problem, but, you know, Suarez doesn't have to fight her. Plus, uh, Habaz has a fight coming up. So there's a lot of people um, Suarez doesn't have to worry about fighting. Strawweight? Yeah. Man, because she doesn't have the – she thinks she has a size advantage there. Mm, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't. And you talk about getting pieced up. Like, if her takedowns don't work, man, Lord, 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 listen, listen. Ain't nothing but former champ striker and tramps in that joint. Man, listen, that is not the division you want to mess around and shoot for takedowns, thinking they going to work, and you don't got nothing else. She got some submissions. Yes, she is a gold medalist, brown belt. We have brown belt versus brown belt versus with Montana de la Rosa. This is a very good matchup here for Suarez. I don't know about her cutting down, like I said. I don't know about any good matchups in strawweight, but... This is a very favorable matchup. Wrestler versus wrestler. She's going to understand exactly what Montana's trying to do. Montana, you know, she throws some strikes and shoots for a takedown. Uh, Montana, of course, also LFA. There's that word again. We got two. Not only do we have two brown belts, of course, Tatiana being the better of the two. We got two tough alumni. Of course, uh, Suarez is a tough winner. Team Gedalia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always got to laugh every time I say Claudia Gadelia, baby. Oh, <laughs> Lord. The the high pass crews know why. They know why. Okay. The rest of y'all are never going to know. Well, y'all, they know. And, and my man, uh, uh, Catfish and uh, my homie Juice knows why. I giggle when I say Claudia Gadelia. Montana is the former... Extreme Fighting League flyweight champion. Yes, that last name is familiar. Yes, she is married to him. Uh, she is a three-time, now, Montana De La Rosa is a three-time All-American. High, now, that's high school now. Calm down, relax. It's high school. That's high school. Her actual born name is Montana Stewart. Of course, she's out of Helen, Montana. Now, you know, 68-inch reach, you know, it's just concerning. You know, like I said, she's not a striker. She's not much of a striker. Okay? She's not much of a striker. Uh, one finish via strikes, eight wins by submission. So, you know, she does like her arm bars. 
She does that now. She got kicked off. Nantana got kicked off of the UFC rankings a while back uh, in two in June of 2021 after she beat the Queen of Violence, my girl Ariane Lipsky, UFC Vegas 28. I don't know why, but she is 12 and seven. After that loss to Macy Barber, she's a plus 525 favorite. Fight math doesn't work. Macy Barber, because she said it didn't go away. The same Macy Barber that got pieced up by Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso has improved significantly since she fought Suarez. Uh, and, you know, um, Macy Barber is a lot stronger than she looks. She, I believe she has the same strength as a bantamweight. Like, she is a lot stronger than she looks. That kid corners you. Closes off the octagon, which is, she's actually not bad at doing. If she can get you your back facing that gate, she can close it off. You know, Alexa Grasso understands that she has to keep moving. Something I expect her to do against Valentina Shevchenko. Something I expect her to do if there was a rematch between her and Suarez. Move those feet. Keep moving. Use the jiu-jitsu when taken down. Not be afraid of being taken down. I think that's another thing. Not trying to get back up again, but using her jiu-jitsu. So it would be a different fight if there was a rematch. So, But, yeah, fight math doesn't work. We're not going to go by that. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the size difference. Uh, But the thing is, you get Montana De La Rosa on her back, that's the best route to go. That's why this is such a favorable matchup because Suarez gets her on her back. Um, You know, Montana will probably have issues there. And, you know, she could just win by – Suarez can just win by a smooth decision. But I don't like if Suarez gets taken down. Hmm. You know, because those gold medals are nice, but they don't really mean anything when, it's, when it comes to MMA. Because you still can do some punches and you can get kicked in your stomach and then taken down. You know what I'm saying? We'll see how this fight goes. I'm going with Suarez. She was like, she is a, she was a minus, it was, yeah, minus 770 favorite. So, yeah, we'll see how that fight goes. All right. So, we're continuing on with the breakdown here. All right. Like I said, this is why it's important to listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm a little late, but here we go. We got Johan Lanessi. Wait, Lanessi. Yeah, Lanessi. Yeah. Canada versus Canada versus Mike Malott. And we got 8 and 1 versus 9 and 1. And Johan is a former. CFFC welterweight champ. He is contender series alumni of 2021. Four and one in his last five. Coming off a split decision one versus Darren Weeks. Six finishes via strikes. Three wins by decision. He is a plus 170 underdog in this matchup here. Team Brazilian top team in Canada. Nine and one overall. Like I said, as I said, overall, Mike Malott. Bellator. He's formerly well, one time in Bellator, CFFC, and of course he's Contender Series alumni, 2021. Same. What do you want to say? Wait a minute. He's saying Contender Series fights. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What do you want to say? Show. Damn, I can't remember. Damn it. Four fight one streak after the loss to Hakeem Duwandu at WSOF 14. People leaning. I'm going to go with the favorite in that matchup there, Mike Malart. We got next up Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. Yep, Trevor Peak. You should remember him from Contender Series last year. He is 7 0 out of Alabama. 100% finishing rate. Yep, minus 220 favorite for a reason, people. For a reason. 
Eric Gonzalez out of Combate and LXF, the Ghost Pepper. I know there's a reason why he was called that. That is awful. Awful. And someone's nicknamed The Turn on this. I can forget who was nicknamed The Turn. It's terrible. I don't care why. It's terrible. Terrible nicknames, man. And, of course, we know Eric Gonzalez because he got knocked out by a submission specialist and then subbed by Stryker. <laughs> I don't pick him in nothing. You hear me? Plus one. Eight. I mean, fight math doesn't work. I mean, it is Jim Miller. You know what I mean? But it's like, come on, son. Oh, that pissed me off. I'm like, seriously? Word? This how you lose? You get you get hit by Jim Miller? Like, oh, man. Who knows? You know, I got you can't let bias. You can't let bias come into play. You can't let bias because he is. He's not. I don't know what was going on with that one. You know, it's because his problem is the fight prep. Like, like he's one of those young fighters. It's like, okay, what team, team, fighter and team? What is the plan? So hopefully he has. A, so I could be wrong here. He might score the upset. You know, it might not be bad to slide some change on him in spite of everything that's going on with him in the past. Because hopefully he'll come in with a plan this time and not embarrass himself. It's like, bro, you want a UFC? It's not going to get any better than this. I hate to be harsh, but it's not. Okay, going over to Bellator doesn't mean things are going to be great, especially not for a fighter of his caliber. There's no guarantee that Bellator is going to pick him up. People keep forgetting Bellator don't pick up, you know, regular dudes. So they, yeah, don't worry, he'll be all right over Bellator. No, he's not, because he's probably not going to get picked up at Bellator. Anywho, the ladies at Fly, we got Flyweight again, baby. CFFC versus LFA, baby. We got the CFFC. We got the LFA interim flyweight champ, Gabriela Fernandez, going up against Jasmine Jazz Duvicious. Duvicious. I want to say vicious, but it's Duvicious. Yep. Dana White Contender Series alumni, 2021, out of Canada, 33 years old, going against 29 year old. You know, and, you know, it's just like, you know, I kind of can see why Tatiana wants to move down, come back down to straw weight. You know, Jasmine's 5'7". You know, it's like the average height there. I mean, there are some small flyweights there. Like, you know, because uh, mm. Maverick's back on the rankings, but, you know, she's not that tall. She's kind of on the short side. I think she's only 5'3". But yeah, generally speaking, like the average height nowadays seems to be, it wasn't like that always, but the average height seems to be 5'7". You know, that kind of sees some big ladies up in here. You know, um, Jasmine is out of Nigeria. Ni yeah, Nigeria. Not, not, you know what I'm talking about. Top team, not Nigeria. Not, you know what I'm talking about. And what, what's going on with me pronouncing stuff tonight, to, to, this morning? Three and two in the last five coming off of completely getting out class. This is Jasmine. This is Jasmine now. Yeah, I have to watch. If you haven't watched it, you start what you're doing and watch that fight. Jasmine got completely outclassed by Natalia Silva. She is someone that y'all have to keep your eyes out for Natalia Silva. I don't know if she can maintain that kind of consistency, the way she moves around. You talk about that. But that that is my dream. Watch that fight, please, because that's my dream right there. It's an octagon. Move around. I don't, I'll never understand human beings like, yeah, this person hit me. I'm going to hit him back, man or woman. I don't care. I'm going to hit him back. This part, that person's slow. They're not trained. Why are you standing there? Move out of the goddamn way. She hit me. Get you, move your punk ass out of the goddamn way. Move your feet. Shuffle them damn things. Move to the side, man. Head movement, footwork. Let's go. Chop, chop. 
God damn, MMA people, you must get on my nerves, man. Why are you standing there getting pieced up? Move your ass. Oh, I ain't, ain't going to back down for nobody. So you going to stand there and get knocked out? Come on, man. Come on, son. God, men especially irk me, man. Move your ass out of the way. But MMA fighters in general, move your ass. And that's what uh, Natalia said. Watch Natalia Silva work. That's how I want MMA fighters to do that. Move your feet out of the way. You know you're going against someone who's going to shoot for it. Take them. Move your feet out of the way. And that's what Natalia Silva did. And that was at UFC Austin. Uh, Jasmine has two finishes via strikes. One by submission. Four wins by decision. Seven and two overall. And if you've seen Gabriella fight, you already know that, yeah, she's the minus 132 favorite in this matchup right here. She has two finishes via strikes, three wins by submission, three wins by decision, 8-1 overall. You know, and again, you know, when you talk about someone from Brazil, you know, ground game. Now, some of them, some of these Brazilians, like they're embarrassing themselves out there, but not all of them, not all of them. So, yeah, Jasmine. And, yeah, I mean, I can see her getting Gabrielle on the ground and kind of uh, trying to make. Because the main thing is people talk, talk about that with the takedowns. It's the uh, control time. So, but the person was piecing them up. Well, if you the person who shoots for a takedown can hold the person. One thing I recommend to fighters to sway the judges. Yeah, the judging is bad. But the one way to sway the judges is to constantly be active. So if you do shoot for a takedown. Don't depend on that as a way to score a point like you done dunked the basketball or something like, you know what I mean? Like that's not, people think like it's a dunk, you know what I mean? In basketball, like, no, no, no. Shooting for takedown doesn't mean anything if the person under you is firing up submissions. They're trying to get you in a triangle. They're trying to, you know, position around even so much as get you in the RNC like Jordan Levis ended up in when he fought Patty Pamplett. You, you gotta, and like Patty Pamplett, like that fight, it would have been more believable that he won his last fight if he, you know, versus Jared, if he had fired up submissions when he got taken down. That would have, I think that would have been fine. If he had fired up submissions, then we had, then the judges and people would see that, okay, maybe he found a way to pull it out. But otherwise, it just didn't make any sense. Now, we'll see how he, how Jordan Levitt does today. But yeah, we'll see what Jasmine does. My pick is Gabriella in that matchup there. Jordan Levitt's. He is a slight underdog in this matchup here. Yes, he's formerly LFA and Dana White Contender Series 27, I believe. Purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Syndicate MMA, 3-2 in his last five. Coming off that loss to that loss to Patty was at UFC London. And he's going up against Victor Martinez, formerly of STFC and Combate. Former Fury FC lightweight champ, and he is... Uh, Contender Series 21 alumni lost to Eric. He actually lost to Eric Gonzalez at the same Eric Gonzalez that's fighting on this card at Combate 6. He is the minus 65 favorite. Oh, these, these, I know y'all like, what the numbers is this guy reading from? They are out of, these are actually, I believe these. Or that I have these are a mix. <laughs> so I did some numbers. Uh, Bet Rivers, that's my uh, office. Like they're near even for this matchup. Uh, I got Victor Martinez winning. I think he's going to piece up uh, Jordan because Jordan can't keep depending on. You know how I feel about jujitsu, Russell. You know, you know. What I mean, it's like 
it's, it's not really a good offense. It's an excellent defense, but I just don't like it as an offense. Uh, you know, when you combine wrestling and jujitsu, which is what a lot of fighters do, which is what uh, mentor and training partner of Mr. Levitt's Roxy Mott Ferry did. Jiu-jitsu, she combined her jiu-jitsu with wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you do it. And she became good at takedowns. But yeah, uh, eight finishes via strikes, five wins by decision, and thirteen. And he's 13-7 and seven overall. Victor Martinez, I'm going with Victor Martinez in that matchup there. We have Rafael Alves. No, wait, is that the order? No, Rafael Alves fights first. I don't know why they made that matchup there. It boggles my mind, yo. Like, what y'all make that matchup for? You got 8 and 0 versus 20 and 11 words, son? I don't know. But at Fly, at, uh, we have a catchweight fight. These are flyweights who are agreed at a 130 catchweight fight. Oh, man. Charles Johnson, he is a longtime LFA vet. The man who beat Carlos Mota for the LFA flyweight strap last year, coming off of that vicious win over Jimmy Flick a few months ago. Well, a few months ago. It's only February, right? In January. Last month is what I meant to say. Last month is what I went to, meant to say. Uh, he's 4-1 in his last five. Only two-fight win streak. Five. Yeah, two, only two-fight win streak. Five finishes via strikes. Four, win, four by dis- submission. Four wins by decision. We got O'Day Osborne. He's out of pure FC. And, um, of course, he's Contender Series alumni 2019. Yeah, they, they, yeah, you know. I mean, I don't, because the thing about it is, like, they stacked, because this next card that's coming, next pay-per-view that's coming up is pretty stacked. So it's like, look, they got, like, and this is just, that's for March, right? Yeah, that's going to be March. So you're stacking up the cards. Now, I do get, you know, it does bother me when the UFC stacks up the cards, especially when they double up with the championship fights, because then, you know, end of the year, we don't really got nothing. That does bother me, but you're going to be left with cards like this. I mean, be glad they got enough fighters to cover these cards, man. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. But these, um, oh, the fight picks are Bet Rivers and DraftKings. So, and these are early uh week midweek numbers so victor is he is no charles johnson i'm sorry charles johnson is going to be a minus uh 165 favorite over oday osborne oday as i said uh he's three and two in his last five coming off a flash ko counter hook Versus Tyson Nam, um, he got caught bad. Ironically, he did a similar move in his KO victory that he delivered to uh, Zarik Zaruk Adeshev a few months earlier. Four finishes via strikes, five by submission, two wins by decision, eleven and five overall. He will be in this matchup here. Plus one thirty-five underdog going with the favorite in that matchup there. And we got next up, we got Joe Selecki out of CFFC. 
UFC, and of course, he's the Contender Series 19 alumni who beat Donald Cerrone via RNC at Fury Pro Grappling in 2021. His last MMA, actual MMA fight was a majority decision win over Alex Da Silva, 4 1 in the UFC. He has one finish via strike, seven wins by submission, four wins by decision, 12 and 3 overall. He is the minus 600 favorite in that matchup there. We got Carl Deaton, the third PFL out of Michigan. Uh, yeah, that, you know, five foot six, lightweight. Yeah, I, was, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But the size, height and size don't mean everything. It don't mean everything. Been in a lot of regional promotions. Two fight, one streak, three and two in his last five in MMA. Lost to Reggie Harris Jr. in boxing. He has three finishes via strikes, nine by submission, five wins by decision, 17 5 overall. He's a plus 425. Underdog, and listen, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, boy, I'm sitting up here like, man, is it possible for him to win? Like, seriously, I know that's bad, that's bad, but you know, this is about how we can make money, it's about how we can make money as fans, that's what the betting is all about. And I'm like, man, could you imagine a plus 425 he wins, and then, like, by some stretch of imagination, he wins by submission or KO? Oh, Lord, that's money. Oh, there's money, man. There's money. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that that whole, oh, yeah, minus 400, so I'm going to bet on them. Man, you kiss my ass. Uh, or, like, here we got uh, Norello, who is, um, leave, who's a minus 190. Like, that's not, I don't know why people come on Tom I'm bragging about that. To me, that's not something to brag about. Like, oh, you know, it's just, you got to make sure you get the right parlay to get the plus money. Like, that, nothing, that's not nothing to brag about. You put $400 down, you ain't winning 600 Like, come on, son. That's not something to brag about. When you could do, I saw, like I said, I saw that kid. He did 25 a parlay of $25 down, and he won like a grand. That's, I think it was like two grand or something like that. That's what I'm talking about. I did one, or I tried to do one. It didn't work. But it was ten dollars down, and it would have cashed two thousand. But it was it was a it was a wild ass parlay. Like it was like a crazy fight card pick parlay. It was it was pretty. Wild. I was like, it, and I did it. I was like, there's no way this is gonna work. But hey, you know it's worth a try. And um, leave is yeah, he's out of contender series last year. That's if you recognize him. That's where it's from. 8-0 out of Russia, two finishes via strikes. One win was over Josh Wick in uh, round one. Of course, that's how he got to start was the the one of those two finishes was over Josh uh, in the contender series, when it, how he won. Russ were by decision. And, of course, Rafael Alves, he is Dan White Contender Series alum 2020 out of Titan FC. He is a Titan FC Former Titan FC light interim champ, Berlin Para Brazil, coming off of that crazy fight. And, you know, he, man, he got caught with them hands from Drew Dober. He said, to hell with jujitsu, going to stand and bang, and he paid the price. And I, I don't really see how he's going to shoot for it. You know how I feel about jujitsu as a, as, a as an offense, you know, trying to shoot for a single leg. And I just, ah. Drew Dober's like, nah. And he, Drew Dober's been a long, around too long to fall for the okie doke. That's why I call it the okie doke. You know, you, you, get, you get rookies with that. You don't get no vets with that. And that was last year at UFC 277. Three and two in his last five. Seven finishes via strikes. Eight wins by submission. Five wins by decision. Um, he is my suspect of suspect. I think he's probably just going to get taken down and dominated by this Russian. 
man, I don't like this matchup right here at all. But he's going to be my suspect of suspect picks on the night. I know y'all like, man, Milliken, that's a terrible pick. We're going to cut this podcast off and stop listening to you. You got that at me? Hey, look, yeah, what can I say? You know, it's probably a horrible pick. I'm sensing that Montana Del Rosa so prob- probably be a suspect pick on the night. I don't know. You know, that, that fight, I'm worried about that one. You know, I'm, I'm worried about that. Should be a smooth day at the office for Tatiana Suarez, but uh, I can't lie. Out of all the fights that are on his card, that's the one I'm concerned with the most. But, yeah, that's going. he's going to be my suspect of suspect picks on the night. So, I'm going to stop this here. In this bad boy here, you guys take care. That's the end of the show. Recaps are separate now. You can submit listener questions anytime. Don't forget to check out the leg show. If you like beautiful women on a daily basis, check that out. Like I said, there's a variety over there. And I have featured some uh, ladies on my personal page. Check me out on Instagram as well. And don't forget, you can find a podcast on Spotify and Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. Guys, stay safe, stay strong, stay positive.